I'm Adam Banerjee, and this is The Motivation Mike. I'm here today with Julia Bernstein. She just had a killer show at Flashback Comedy Club. She's also Jewish and always looking for weird people to be on her bologna sandwich comedy show. Yeah, what's up? Hi. Hola. <laughs> ¿Cómo estás? Uh, bien, bien. Uh, uh, ¿Tú? Estoy muy bien. ¿Hablas español? Um, that's all I got right okay, there. Okay, there we go. <laughs> that was my Spanish class. That's good. Ninth grade. You should be booking Spanish commercials. I know. I should be. What's happening? If I did Spanish commercials, it would have to be deaf Spanish commercials. Where, <laughs> where, um, and mute Spanish. Deaf, mute, and um, just sitting still. You'd be robbing so many people of jobs. <laughs> Hey, it's like, you know, whatever. Julia, you will do anything to make it. I know. <laughs> I've told myself that many times. <laughs> um, that's why I'm doing this podcast is I'm hoping to make it. Yeah, the exposure yes, is insane. The exposure is between my bologna sandwich show and, and your wellness life coach stuff. We're going to make it. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like we're on our way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How long have you been um, a life coach? I'm going to start interviewing you because I have my own bologna sandwich show. So I'm used to interviewing people. So you can tell me to shut up <laughs> if I start overtaking your show. Uh, it's been about two years. Okay. Yeah. Have you saved anybody? Saved anybody? Well, there's stuff I really can't. There's certain things I can't. I don't want to go into people's personal Good. details and stuff. But um, I wish people could get like your little like even when we started, I saw your tongue was out when you were. <laughs> I was like, wish people could see that visual. But we got we got to do that too, maybe sometime. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, it's been about two years, and uh, I don't know what else to say. That's I okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'm sure you've saved somebody. Um, and when I say saved, like spiritually. Yeah, you make me sound like an angel of some kind. Well, more like a preacher. Yeah, like uh, a preacher. Yeah, like, um, uh, um, what do you call it? Like a bishop or like a um, prophet or a prophet. A prophet. A prophet. That got upgraded. That's yeah. even better than yeah. a preacher. Yeah. So just so you know, usually it goes life coach. Okay. Life coach to therapist to preacher to bishop to evangelist to profit to Jesus. I will say it's always tricky with people's religious beliefs um, when doing life coaching because, oh, yeah. yeah, I have to kind of know where they're coming from with that, you know, like, yeah. because obviously that plays a role in how they look at stuff. Right. Yeah. Are you Jewish as far as your religious background or more ethnic? Yeah, I, I would say ethnic. So uh -huh. my dad is, uh, my dad is Jewish. That's where the Bernstein comes from. That whole side of the family is Jewish. And um, my dad like went on some Jesus, when Jesus, um, the Jesus movement was going on in the 60s. Mm -hmm. He fled Dallas, Texas to get away from his mother. And he ended up at a Pentecostal church camp in, in Fremont, California as a hippie. And he saw my mom at this Pentecostal church camp and bada bing, bada boom. They like, I don't know who made the first move. I want to know what that first interaction was like, but that's where he met my mom at a Pentecostal church camp. And they, I don't know how long they dated. I need to figure that out. But, um, so he converted to being a Pentecostal. He left the Jewish faith and I know that 
so okay so my grandpa um my grandpa bernstein he he like wept over our family's graves at Sheridith Israel. He brought my dad to the grave site where all of our ancestors are buried in, in Dallas, Texas. And he um, cried over the the graves because my dad had left the faith. But at the same time, my grandpa loved us and I think he finally accepted it. And also on top of that, so my dad and my mom were engaged and they got married in, in the Bay Area. And my family, my dad's parents and, and all the cousins, they all came to the wedding. They didn't meet my mom until the day of the wedding. Damn. So I don't know if they even knew what being Pentecostal was. But you have all these, you know, secular Jewish people, not Hasidic Jews, but just secular, regular, democratic Jews. Um, <laughs> like Hollywood Jews. But democratic in, Jews. Yeah. That's such an interesting, like, term. Yeah, because I think they're usually Democrat. But... um. So you have all those like fancy people coming in, nice clothes and nice, you know, just like well-to-do, well-kept people coming into this Pentecostal church where women can't wear makeup or cut their hair and we have to wear long skirts and people were getting the Holy Ghost. It was just a crazy like, ooh, yeah. But getting the Holy Ghost. Yeah. that's. Tell so me a little bit about that. Like, cause I remember, I mean, this is not what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure, but maybe it is. I don't know. When I used to go to, um, my friend's church, I used to go to a black church and there would be people catching the Holy Ghost and they would start like stepping and then they would start um, like dancing and convulsing. And I was just like, wow, this is so entertaining. And intense. It's so intense. I'm it like, is. wow, my mom's white church is so boring. What is it? Like Methodist? It was Baptist, Baptist but it yeah. was just, I didn't realize that church could be interesting. I always yeah. felt like church was so boring. Yeah. It's in, it's like within the Christian denomination, there's so many variations, even a Baptist church has different variations of mm -hmm. what that means. But to catch the Holy ghost, um, we were taught that you had to have the Holy ghost to be saved and go to heaven. So at eight years old, I got the Holy ghost cause I didn't want to go to hell and I guess it pretty much means like it, it's an energy, it's an excitement, it's a type of worship. I don't know how much of it is a show that people put on. That's kind of the culture that people expect to act in a certain way when they're getting the Holy Ghost. Uh, there's deeper meanings to it. And I mean, we can go into that, but I, I do think people have spiritual experiences even at a yoga retreat or a non-Christian retreat like people will still have these spiritual experiences whether they're induced by drugs or meditation so i don't know if the holy ghost is that weird as people think it is it could just be a certain experience we have as humans when you allow yourself to get to a certain place spiritually and which is good and you kind of allow the demons to come in and make you speak in tongues Oh, do you, have you spoken no, in I'm tongues just joking. before? I'm totally kidding. I made that up. No, oh, no, but I've, was... I've seen, I've seen all that stuff. Um, but I don't know how much of it is show and how much of it is hype. But there is a good feeling that comes around having people in worship and having songs being sung. There's a good feeling in it. Did so, any of this background get you into stand up? Um, I don't think so. No, okay. no, it wasn't. Like I had the thought that because my background is so interesting, I'm going to do stand-up. Not at all. I did stand-up because I wanted to do comedy and I like being weird. Um, 
so I think just stand up as a form of expression and getting my weirdness out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Being weird yeah. can be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's how you are too, it's like, might as well embrace it. Yeah. I was always a weird kid at school. Yeah. Like, yeah. What weird things did you do as a kid? Well, I was very shy up until about fourth or fifth grade. I was painfully shy. If anybody looked at me weird, I just would retreat to myself. I wouldn't talk to people. I would sit by myself on the playground. I have two friends maybe. Um, but even then, I would say jokes. I would say jokes and nobody would laugh. Like everyone thought it was weird because I would say <laughs> weird things. And I would make up stories. And it just people were not entertained by me. And isn't that parallel to how stand-up comedy is for me sometimes where people just stare at me and I say weird things. Um, that's my bologna sandwich show. See, that's my own stage. No one could take that from me. And I could be as weird as I want on there. And I am. Yeah, I liked, I saw your post about Valentine's Day. I thought that was really oh. funny. I mean, it's kind of like when you just sit in it, right? You when I like when you just say things and then you kind of just like sit in it. And even at the end of that video, because you were talking about how uh, <laughs> like every day can be lonely for lonely people, but Valentine's Day is just especially lonely. But tomorrow's going to be bad too, but not as bad as this day, which is true. Like <laughs> you know, yeah. there's definite truth in that. It's just more of like an acute feeling maybe yeah. for single people. Are you single? Yeah. Oh, okay. By choice. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, the clarification. Not, that's so funny. I think people should say when when you're single, you should have to say if it's by choice or not. I'm single and not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> should you also have to say like actively looking? Yeah. Or, yeah. What, what's yeah. what's your status? Are you single? Are you married? Divorced? I'm single and I'm actively looking. Okay. No, I'm not. But I'm saying that could be like I'm, oh. I'm single and I am um, angry and resentful. So. I'm not actively looking or I'm single and horny. I'm <laughs> single and um, want to fuck some shit up. Yeah. Okay. I just made that up. That's good. That's very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why are you resentful? Why are you not actively oh, okay. looking? <laughs> I'm not actively, actively looking cause I'm happy with where I'm at. Okay. And I, I kind of have, have a plan of where I want to be in my life and it takes structure to get there. So I'm not like going on dates because I do not care about that at all. Um, but I have been resentful in the past. I had this idea of my life, probably from my Christian faith, that I would be married by the time I'm 25. 25 came, still didn't get married. And I had this idea of how I thought life would be. And it took me a long time. I would say up to the age of 34. I'm not going to tell, tell you how old I am now, but if you do those numbers backwards. That's how old I am. I'm terrible at math, okay. so don't worry. Okay, but even up to the age of 34, I was angry that I never got married and didn't have kids and fall in love. And I never had this experience in this moment that I worked up in my head that I thought you would have as a woman or as a Christian or just, yeah, that I was expected myself to have a relationship. And that never happened. And it still hasn't really happened the way in my head that I envisioned it. But I used to be angry and I used to have resentment all the time. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, yeah, I mean, I'm single and I feel like, yeah, I, I, when I was in my like early twenties, I'm trying to think if I thought I would be married in my thirties. Yeah, I guess I thought I would be. 
I guess yeah. I thought I would be. I think for me, it's like I spent time dating women that like I didn't have that vision for myself of like, is this the person that I could marry and be with? There would be like certain things that were obviously like things that would make the relationship harder to work out. Yeah. Or maybe I didn't have that vision of marrying them, but I was like, oh, but it's like pretty good still. I'm enjoying my time with this person, which is cool. Yeah. But, you know, I think you don't want to spend too much time in something if it's like not long term for you. I mean, depending on what your goals are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I feel like right now I'm a little more <clears throat> I'm a little more intentional towards like who I'm seeing and things like that. I'm like, do I view this person as someone who's like compatible with my values yeah. and like how I look at life and also just general vibe to like mm -hmm. what's their vibe like how do they react to certain situations how do they treat the wait staff you know all, yeah. all of those things yeah absolutely because it's like we're weird people and also people have to get that so that's a tricky thing too because sometimes if i'm dating someone who's like not in entertainment at all like occasionally i can find that person boring uh -huh. um but then on the flip side of it it's kind of like grounding to have someone who's not in entertainment because they're like, you know, their, their, their life isn't, you know, they're not constantly shuffling auditions and shows and stuff. Yeah. 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 That could work. But I think the biggest thing is to find someone who is supportive in whatever way that is, whether they're in your world of, in your entertainment world or not, is if they're supportive and you guys just work together well and you have a connection, that's just, like gold right there but um yeah i don't know i just don't feel like a relationship is what i want right now but never say never because it could work i feel like i want to throw up thinking about it so um, <laughs> would you date a comedian oh god i don't know it depends on what i hate saying this but it depends on what level because i'm not going through the whole <laughs> i'm not i'm not going through the whole open mic bullshit stuff that i've already gone through i already did that yeah. so but then <laughs> I don't know because it's I just like I said it's all about support and connection and what works. So I don't know. Yeah. Next question. Next question. <laughs> okay. In and out or Carl's Jr. In and out. Yeah. Absolutely. Hands down. Yes. Have you eaten at Carl's Jr. before? Oh yeah, of course. So so you think it's like complete yeah. shit? Yeah. Or? Yeah, Carl's Jr. is fake food. And In-N-Out is the Lord's food because they have Bible verses on there. And supposedly they keep their... Did you know there's Bible verses on In-N-Out? I, I knew Chick-fil-A was religious. I no, didn't in know In-N-Out has like Bible verses on the bottom of their um their cups. Like John 4, whatever, 14, 16. Their French fries are so good. And they're made fresh right there. You see them cutting up the potatoes, putting it in the oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and went there today. Oh, yeah. I got there at 11 a.m. It was amazing. I got oh. lost trying to find the drive-thru, which was kind of oh. embarrassing. Is this a normal thing to go to In-N-Out for you? 11. Or uh, in, in general? No, it's a special treat. Because I was I, on your show? Yeah, exactly. Good. I, well, I, I did MMA in the morning, so I had to sabotage oh. myself right afterwards. You <laughs> just do like, MMA eat, like, shit. fighting? Yeah, I just got oh, back I, into it. That's so cool. Thanks. Do you... When you're out and about in life, do you ever have an urge to beat somebody up? Do you feel like now that you know how to do it with MMA, you have to hold yourself back? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, 
I actually feel the opposite because I used to get into a lot of fist fights when I was like the worst fighter ever. Like people would see me coming a mile away with my moves and stuff. So with my moves. Yeah, I mean there were really no moves. You know oh. what I mean? Like oh, they could see, they knew what you were gonna do punch like, wise. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're like he's like winding up for like fifteen seconds. <laughs> Did you watch? That's so funny. So I've learned that you can't do that. Like you've got to be a little more surprising than that. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of given me a little more like calmness and like because there's like strategy to it. I'm probably like the least good fighter at the gym, but I've embraced that. I'm just like, it's good. You know, it's good that there's nobody worse than me here because like then I wouldn't be able to step it up. Like oh, these guys are better than me. So, so I try to. That sounds yeah. cool. A supportive fighting group. Yeah. They're supportive of beating each other up. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting (laughs) because people come from all different walks of life. Like, usually people that do MMA, kind of like I was telling you, like, I was in a lot of fist fights when I was a kid and stuff. And, um, you know, it's usually, like, people that have been through stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. this type of thing attracts them. Or or something dark happened in their life. They were attacked or something. Um, Like, one guy was telling me, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I took a break from MMA uh, for three months because I had an injury. Oh, was the injury? I got shot. Dang. I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's a, like, I thought he was going to say my lower back hurt. Yeah. Or something like that. Throughout his back or sprained his ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he got shot, you know, so people. Oh, my God. And then, like, for instance, even when I'm sparring today, I'm sparring with this guy, and it's just, like, very evident, like, he's done a lot of street fighting. Like, just by the way he bobs and weaves and stuff, because he might not do, like, the standard stuff like the standard blocks or whatever as far as like how you would fight but the way he moves mm-hmm. i'm like yeah this dude's like he's been in some fights yeah. you know like I, I could see that yeah yeah that's cool yeah it's it's interesting it's like it's a whole whole thing yeah have what, you ever done anything like that yeah i've done um some street fighting on the, oh yeah the video game oh, street sweet. fighter <laughs> i did a self-defense and i've done very like i've done a lot of random self-defense classes so did they teach you how to like disarm guns and block knives and there stuff? is one that i can take with this guy and i want to take it on saturdays mike but i am not able to get there but he does the exact thing teaches you how to disarm a gun and pressure points on the arm how to break an arm but mine was um mostly like i don't even remember what it was so there you go I've done one in Philly that was like how to how to disarm guns. I mean, it was. Here, my phone. Do you have a phone me. call? You can take it. You I'm know what? So used to stuff like this happening. These are just like the worst. You know, let's let's answer it because I think this could be fun. Oh, let's yeah. see who this is. Okay. Hi, this is. A- of course. They hang up. <laughs> of course. I mean, this that could have been fun and interesting, I and know. then they hung up immediately. Oh, fuckers. No, you know what? It's those spam calls. Do you get a lot of these things no. where you don't? I don't even get spam calls. I get nothing. You're <laughs> you don't get any calls I don't get at all. Any calls? I picked up your call earlier. Thank you. Yeah. Besides that, that call and my mom. Those are the only two calls in my log. Ah, uh, okay. My phone log. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. What's the next question? Next question. So you used to be an airline stewardess. How long did yeah. you do that for? For four and a half years at one, and then I did a private airline for about a year. And I worked at Virgin America, and I was based out of New York, JFK. And I did that for four years, and I learned how much I 
disliked people and disenjoyed the presence of the public. And I did not know that that was a thing until I did this job. Actually, no, that's not true. The first time I realized I hated people and as an, I hated people coming from the sense of, I have to serve you and be like in a job it was when I was 15 years old and I worked at Dairy Queen and I used to be such a sweet person and I started working that job and then I realized, oh my God, what is wrong with me? I hate all these people coming up and ordering French fries and ice cream and there's like a line of them and they don't stop. They're just like the line goes forever and, and they get so picky with people. People get so picky with their food. It's un, unheard of. And I remember leaving work thinking, what is wrong with me? It's just humans. Well, it's like in jobs like that, you have to bottle up all your anger yeah. because like you can't show them yeah, until how I'm pulling. fucking annoying they are. Do you have like, do you have another day job now or do you purely just do acting and stand up? No, I would prefer to just do acting and stand yeah. up. Um, I have money saved. So when I came back out here, I have like a plan, six month plan, but um, I don't have a day job right now, but I don't need to. I keep my bills very low. So, um, smart, smart. Yeah. I, I ideally like, so I want, I mean, I don't want to get on this topic too much, but I have a project coming up that's going to help me be seen more, but eventually I'll need to get an agent and I would love to do commercials, acting, make money, like do a couple national commercials. I don't know what people do. Yeah. I think You're that, gonna, are you going to like take a headshot in a wheelchair or something? <laughs> <laughs> From how this podcast started, I'm just very suspicious of what you'll do to make it. That is the funniest freaking thing in the world. If somebody takes a headshot in a wheelchair so they can get a certain type of work or get so people to bad. feel... So bad. So bad. Oh, my God. Um, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to curse myself with that either. Um, so, like, okay, are you asking me what I would want to be doing ideally? Is that what you're asking me? I kind of, this is my ADHD. I'm like, what was I even asking? I don't know. What do you have? What do you have on your phone? <laughs> what do I have on my phone? Let's, let's try to backtrack. Let's okay. try to like reverse engineer what we were just talking about. Let's, we were talking let's... about headshots. We're yeah. talking about you stealing jobs yeah. <laughs> from people who are more deserving. Well, I'm already going to get the, um, the deaf Spanish, the deaf Mexican roles. Um, and I'm going to get the wheelchair roles. And um, I guess I can take the Jewish roles, too. And while I'm at it, I might as well be a, a black woman, too, or a black man, colored, biracial. Um, so now you're taking jobs from trans, the transgender community. Yeah, I'm also well. transgender. Yes, I'm also uh -huh. transgender and um, all of the above. Whatever works. It's Hollywood, baby. It's a cutthroat out here. Yeah. JK, JK. Not J.K. Rowling, though. Yeah, not J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Kia or Hyundai? Stupid. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Ferrari. Oh, shit. Kia or Hyundai? I don't even know which one those two are. Which one? They're car brands. I mean, I know they're car brands. But I know what Kia is. Hyundai. Doesn't Hyundai do cool little like low rider speeding cars, speed racer type cars? That guys they like might. I don't they know. like soup them up and and um, do street racing with them. Well, Honda. Honda, I think has that more. So maybe Honda too, though. Oh, there's a know. Hyundai and a Honda. Yeah. There is. Yeah, the logo just is like slanted. Like the Hyundai one has like the slanted. Did H. one of them take it from the other? Who had it first? 
I don't know. The myth, I don't know if it's a myth or a legend or what, but it's supposed to be like two men like shaking hands or whatever. Oh, oh, I have a question for you. Like that's supposed to be the age. Go ahead. Ferrari or BMW? Ooh. I would have to say Ferrari. Nazi. Ooh, you're a Nazi. Wait, wouldn't that be Nazi. if I picked BMW though? Ooh, you're a Nazi. Oh. Um, no, Ferrari. Wait, am I wrong about that? I Wait, BMW is yes. the German one. Yeah, but Ferrari, I'm pretty sure... Okay, there's a father. You're and like, son. how can I accuse Adam of being yeah, a Nazi in the best gonna way happen. possible? It's going to happen on this podcast. Um, there's no the Ferrari. I think it's like the father son did it, and he enabled something or something with Nazism. I could be totally wrong about that. So, um, so disregard that question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, expensive cars. So I have a Kia. Okay, that's where the question came from. Yeah. Because I was in that position recently. I was like, Hyundai. Oh, yeah. Or Kia. Okay. Because that's all I can afford. That's okay. So, what do you mean yeah. that's all you can afford? That's great. And you have yeah. a cool spot up here. And Thank you. And you're working on your crafts. Wow. That's amazing. This is so good for my ego. You should feel happy. I appreciate that. Why am I not happy enough? Because, well, it's good that you're not happy enough because you will push yourself further. But you do need to take a step back in life and appreciate what you have because I'm doing the, you have to do this. Look at your surroundings. You have a great spot here. You're handsome. You're in the heart of it all right now. You've got your shit together. You have the show. You you have all the pieces. You're just building stuff. You You're just to... life coaching. This is so I know. nice. I you you need I like this. Yeah yeah. I think there's a time and maybe it's like this week. You can just settle and be happy with what you have, and work on stuff. And you're always gonna have time to want more and get more. Gratitude. Gratitude's yes. important. Gratitude yeah. is such an important ingredient in getting to where you, a person wants. Yeah. Have to have gratitude. Yeah. That's, you know, it's like, it's like the top boys gets higher, right? Like sometimes it's just like you keep climbing and you keep climbing and then you just yeah. like see that next thing that you want and you're like, yeah. I, but I need like Gollum with the ring and shit, yeah. right? Like my precious, like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that with clothes and shoes. I always want more. Yeah, do you uh, shop online or go in person? I do online, but I enjoy in person because it's more fun to touch the stuff and talk to people and the experience of shopping, especially if it's just for fun walking around like stores I wouldn't buy anything in, but it's still fun to look at Louis Vuitton or um, Balenciaga. I love Balenciaga. Oh, and you can get me some Yeezys. Oh. Yeezys? You would yes. wear Yeezys? No, I would not wear Yeezys because they're... <laughs> Because they're ugly. Oh, not be not because of the anti-Semitism. No, no, I don't. No, not because of, I think a lot of that is such a show, and it's doing something for attention. And people should not take somebody like Kanye West seriously at all. That's what gets me mad is that people will take what he did. But there's, I was just listening to this other podcast about how there's professors and or there's grants that are given being given to people at schools like Harvard. And another university where these people were, and I hate bringing up Nazi stuff, but they were um, Nazis themselves or Nazi, what is it, sympathizers or whatever that is. And there's so much more than just Kanye. That's just such an easy thing to get people riled up about. Yes, he's crazy and weird and does his own thing, but it's just, there's much more deeper um, issues than what he is. So he doesn't bother me at all. 
You had a nice set at Flashback. Really? Yeah. Thank you. Do you remember what I said that was funny? I liked, I do remember you talking about being Jewish. And yeah. I, I feel like you had a joke about, like, you're Jewish, but you're not Jewish. Yeah, Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember, like, what um, it... I don't really remember what I said, because I, I always go up with the plan, and I never stick to the plan. And I just um, sort of throw weird stuff out there. And sometimes I say jokes. Sometimes I just do movements and sounds and um, and stare at somebody awkwardly. I want to do more of that in my stand-up. I want to push people and make them uncomfortable. I'm not, I'm not here to serve you and make you laugh. You're here to serve me, audience member. Okay? You're my prop. You're my, you're my toy. Wow. That's how I'm going to treat it. It's getting so on. interesting, like getting into your psychology and mm, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you're really good at like reading the room. Oh, okay. like, cause I could, like, I saw it click for you, like maybe a certain joke, like read weird with the audience, not in a bad way, but you know what it is like when it, like you're holding the tension with them and they get a little uncomfortable mm -hmm. and then you kind of just acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I mean, but that's the best thing you can do. I know. Right. So that that's yeah. cool. I do remember what that was because I was trying to say a joke about how when my mom and dad met, I was trying to do a callback within a joke. <laughs> and I was saying how my dad was speaking in tongues. My dad was speaking Hebrew and my mom was speaking in tongues and then they whatever. And then I was trying to say a joke when I went to my cousin's bar mitzvah and he was speaking in Hebrew and I was speaking in tongues and I was pretending like we see it's not even working now. <laughs> Maybe the thing is that I didn't have a joke. <laughs> I think that's what it was. So never you were just yeah. sharing something. I was just sharing something. <laughs> um, I just realized that's not even a joke. Um, but I do want to do less jokes because I'm not good at writing jokes. Um, and I just want to be like, maybe take a moment to be like weird or uncomfortable and funny. Trying to figure out how I could put my persona on stage and not have to have it be set up joke, set up joke. Mm -hmm. joke setup or setup punchline <laughs> i meant so um let's figuring that out okay and if that's fun and entertaining then that's what i want to do okay that's what i want to be that's cool yeah it was so interesting to me because i mean i feel like most of that audience um they were comedians and there were uh, there was a couple in the front that were like actual Real like people. ticket purchasing people and they were just like interesting to me like I was like, who are these people? Because they were very, um, I almost felt like maybe this is just me going off into like imaginary land or whatever, but they almost seemed like, like they were like studying like what's, what was going on. They were very like analytic, like the way they were looking at the stage, they were very intense and they, they were just listening very intensely. And um, I, I did see them laugh a few times, um, <laughs> which agree. is good, but they were... I felt their vibe was cool, but weird. Mm. Like mm -hmm. they were like, mm, what's this person about? Mm -hmm. Who's this person? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I appreciated them being there and stuff. I thought it was cool, but it was like, I, I was looking for, there was a show with um, Julia Roberts. I'm trying to remember. Um, it's on Amazon. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a recent one, maybe? It's from a few years ago. It was like, she was in this, um, <clears throat> she was in this, like military type of like experiment thing they were oh. doing 
And so they would like have all these soldiers, right? And then they would just be like kind of studying them. And you weren't sure while you were watching it if like they're doing some type of fucked up experiment or if like they actually care about these soldiers. So that remind oh, those God. people reminded me of like the people in, in the, those facilities doing the like tests and studying on those people. I, I, I was thinking about it when I saw them and I was like, you should have said that to them. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know how to like articulate that. Cause I yeah. felt like it was so, even just now I spent like way too much time oh, yeah. explaining yeah, the fucking plot of this out, show. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, they checked out. Like, yeah, way, yeah. 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 So, but they huh. were, I remember, um, Remember when I, uh, you might not remember this. I was explaining what a kurta is. It's like an Indian dress oh, for men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I, I did call out like the way the guy looked at me. Like, he's like, you guys can't see me, but he just gave me like a very slow sideways nod and just like took it in. And it was just so, <laughs> I, it was the weirdest thing. It was the oddest reaction I've ever had. It's almost like they were going to listen to um, like a, not a TED talk, but it's like they were going to listen to like a professor at a college speak on some interesting topic. That's like, um, I don't know, culturally this or that, like maybe climate change, how we can fix climate change. They thought they were going to, um, you know, like a, a discussion on something important. Yeah. Also, if they were a couple, their chemistry was very reserved. Yeah. Like, there wasn't like a any sense of intimacy, like it was well, not even like a touch or whatever. They were just both sitting next to each other, very like platonic. Yeah. So I couldn't tell it. Because you know how it is. Sometimes if you're in a relationship with somebody for a long time, it can kind of get that type of vibe too. Right. Maybe that's it, but I don't know. Do you think that there are undercover aliens coming in and seeing who they could take over mind-wise and like whose mind they can control or like, Maybe they were sent in from outer space, whatever planet, pick one, came here, and they're seeing how we move as human beings so they can start to replicate it. I think that could be it. <laughs> because it's like, if you were an alien and you were trying to figure out humans, I feel like it would be more confusing to like look at like regular humans who are like not stand-ups and like, yeah. cause like stand-ups are like, this is the fucked up shit about my yes, life. They're and an open book. They're a diary yeah, on stage. Yeah. So it's like, you could kind of understand <gasps> humans better and like what's really going on for them because we're not hiding as much. We're showing a lot more. The only, the only answer if we could redo this tonight is one of us would have to go up to them and cut them with a knife and see if they bleed. <laughs> And then if they do say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And then if they didn't believe, we caught them. Yeah. And what if they like immediately started turning into an alien? (gasps) That would be fucking crazy. What if they did and no one believed us that it happened? Oh, man. That would be nuts. And we told everyone that they came and turned into an alien and no one believed us because they went back to a human right away. And there was no proof. Getting abducted by aliens, I mean, I'm thinking that would be great stand-up material (laughs) if you make it back. But also people might just think you're fucking crazy. Which is even better because if they (laughs) listen to you, it's all about work and what you can book. Make yourself be crazy. Sit in a wheelchair and take headshots. (laughs) Act like you're a schizophrenic. You'll get work. (laughs) I'm joking. I I know. You think I'm fucking joking? No, I'm just joking. Um, okay. So these two people at the show. Yeah. Uh, did you have fun at the show though? Did I you did. Have a good time. Yeah, it was cool. I had a good time. Um, I liked the energy. I felt like 
um, you know, everyone came and brought it, you know. Yeah. Actually, surprisingly, it was a very supportive audience and room. Even though there were a bunch of comedians, people at least were listening to each other. And I don't know if times have changed because I did stand-up pre-pandemic. So I would say I stopped doing stand-up in like 2016 or 17. But before that, if there were comedians in the room, they never listened to you. It's almost like, it's not like it's dead energy, but it's just like combative energy. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you're at war when you're on stage and comedians don't listen to you for the most part. So it was very interesting to see. I don't know if things have changed. Like in general, are comedians supportive now of other comedians? Cause I don't know. Yeah, I wish I could say they are, but like I try to be... Um, but it also kind of just depends, right? Like if I like if I get an idea while someone's talking, not that I'm like writing down their oh, idea. Oh yeah, of course we're writing in our journal. But like yeah, sure. like writing some new ideas, like our take on something, yeah. um, that could kind of draw me out. I try to, because I've been there at an open mic before, where it's like you're the last person that goes, and yeah. it's like they've sat through everybody. Yeah. So it's a shitty situation to be in. Yeah. But so sometimes I will try to like stay till the very end, even if I went up early, yeah. um, just to, you know, show support. Cause I don't want to be that person who like also has that situation at yeah, the I end, told, you know? I totally um, so yeah, I think, I think it's good to try to be supportive, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing we do. Yeah. It is a weird thing that we do. And you, nobody owes us anything. Like I, you don't owe me, I don't owe you anything, but out of, humanity and kindness it's nice to sometimes you know if you can sit and listen to someone said and then maybe you can like get material from it (laughs) um you could get material from other people's sets in other words stealing their material you're stealing from like a disabled transgender latina yes yeah no one will ever know oh my god but i want to talk back about those people that were at the show i wonder did somebody bring them did they just walk in they were they they were someone's friend oh okay 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 well we appreciate them being there whoever they are yeah Um, they or aliens or (laughs) yeah they could have been uh, so I wanted to bring them back because I want to tell you that I want to ask you if you know about like Nephilims and do you know about like aliens coming to earth? No. Do you, do you believe, me. do you believe that there are you aliens and other beings outside of earth? Of course. Yeah. I There's, think there yeah, has to be I, I aliens. Like right. it would just be so weird if there were not. If we were the only thing here that would suck. Yeah. That would be so odd. And depressing. Yeah. Just us. Just us. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, like, it's kind of scary to think how they could be so much more advanced. Yeah. Advanced, but then what if they don't look like us? And in my mind, they're these like two or three foot tall little weird beings and they all look the same. How boring is that? I don't want that life. Yeah. Is that our destiny? Or what if they're just super basic? Like, what if it's like uh, a, a, a version of worms? You what's know? worms? Just, you know, like worms, like earthworms, you know, like that's uh, the life on another planet. Like, wow. uh, Really? How disappointing. That would be such a fucking bummer. I'm going to tell you right now, if we get invaded by UFOs and they're basic as fuck, (laughs) if they're boring ass bitches, and I don't even cuss normally, so this is special. But if UFOs come down here and they open their little thingy that they're in (laughs) and they're just so stupid... I'm going to be pissed. 
that'd be such a plot twist too because I feel like every alien movie is like they come out and they just keep killing us yeah but imagine if they're just so basic and like <laughs> Joe Biden and the army just fucking annihilate them like the second they come down like and then it's just like that's it that's all that happens oh <laughs> like, my god <laughs> Or yeah, there's so many. What what else could they look like? What if they just like, I just like the most boring, basic like. What if they come out and they're like total white and talk like this? Oh, hey guys, we're so pleased to meet you. Right, they've been <laughs> studying they, the language and stuff, yeah, so they know. Yeah, and then they just say really stupid dad jokes and just uh-huh. really boring conversations, and everything is just such. It's it's like words you would say to somebody you barely know at Starbucks. Oh, how you doing? Yeah. Okay, good day. Huh? That's all they know. It's just small yeah. talk. But aren't all strangers kind of alien? Oh, we're kind of getting into like their world, right? And maybe yeah. that's why they were studying us like that, because it's yeah. like every comedian has like this own their own like inner weird world, oh right? God. And then they're like, "Oh, what's this person's world?" Now I'm gonna start to wonder who are aliens? Awkward people yeah. or aliens? Yeah, people that are awkward and weird. And if they look at me, if I feel awkward around somebody, I'm just gonna tell myself they're an alien. Um. Yeah, I mean, and then cut them to see if they bleed. <laughs> and if they say, "What were you doing?" I'm gonna say, "I had to." I really had to. I had to. Yeah. Excuse me, I just need to do a little cut. <laughs> yeah, just a little paper cut. Yeah, something nice and innocent. You know who would know if that was the case? If that was the determination of if somebody is an alien or not mm-hmm. based on if they bleed or not? You know who would know firsthand knowledge? Paramedics, nurses that work in the hospital. Because aliens get into car accidents and they get into things that could hurt them all the time, especially if they're being human. Can you imagine coming up on a scene and there's a person whose arm is cut off and there's no blood and then they're not telling us? So what's up with that? So do you think there's definitely aliens among us already? Yes. (laughs) I think it's possible. I mean, I don't know if I totally buy it yet, but I mean, for sure, it's like, yeah. it's like, I give it a 50-50. Yeah. When you think about it, it's, who knows? Life is just, when you look up in the stars, you look up to the stars at night and you see the vastness of space and there's so much going on. The stars, the fact that we have stars is just crazy. And the moon, but there's people that believe the moon isn't actually the moon. What do they think it is? Um, something that somebody else put there. And mm. I can't explain it because it's really weird and funny and quirky. But just the simplicity of life, we have it's that that right there could prove that we have aliens living here. The fact that we are created out of a sperm and an egg, my Pentecostal mother, my Jewish father. The fact that humans create other humans, it's just that right there. And the basics yeah, of that it's weird. is crazy. It's weird. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's a weird thing that we just get used to. Yeah. So we just kind of accept things like, oh, it's it's right. just like this. Right. But it's like when you really start, that's like when you smoke weed. Yeah. I don't need like, weed. Why is everything like this? Yeah. I don't need weed. But I'll say, to, like bring up another point, Um, like look at pyramids, these huge things that have, I mean, how, not, not just the pyramid, pyramids are made out of those little rocks, right? Little rocks, big rocks, like the big boulders. Uh-huh. I mean, other constructions that are just, how in the world did they make that years and years and years ago? They've tried to come up with reasons of, as to how pyramids are made, but nobody really knows. Yeah. Could they just be really good at stacking though? But uh, who, like these p- humans like us, it just, 
pushed huge rocks. They didn't have cars and they didn't have like. Yeah, it is weird because I guess like there's like mathematics to it. Oh. Right. I don't know. I think that I think that that's like the theory of why it was so hard for them to do. Because like mathematically they had to like know certain things in order yeah. to like get it up there too. Ah. I don't know. I think I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So are you um, doing a mic tonight? Like what are your plans? I'm not going to do a mic tonight. But I'm going to do one. Oh, no. Actually, I am. There's one in Pasadena at 7. I'm going to check out this place that has comedy. The Ice House? No. It's called The Barkley, and it's a bar, and I saw that they have uh -huh. comedy. And I have no idea if it's a show or a mic, but I'm going to go look at it. But I'm balancing my life out. I'm only doing comedy two or three nights at the most a week because I used to do it every day, four or five mics. Well, not four or five mics a day, three mics. It's exhausting. I know all about what you're saying, staying there for two hours per mic. Um, I'm not doing that again. I'm just, I'm too good for that. There's some people that are hitting like two to three mics a day sometimes. Good for them. Um, good but yeah, I guess it can be good, but... I think like we were talking about earlier before, right? It's like, it's even more important to be intentional. Like if you're yes. just doing three mics a day and you're just, that's the only reason for the, yeah. that, that end of itself. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's as good, but. It's so depressing. I can't do it. I have to have meaning in my life and hope. Well, it's cause like <laughs> when you see professional comedians, it's like the trauma or the edgy point of view is like polished Mm -hmm. But then when you hear open mic comedians, it's like, sometimes it's, it's just, it's just trauma. Yes. And without the funniness there. Yeah. So it's a little bit heavy to hear. Yeah. You're like, oh, this person, I mean, it kind of feels like a support group in a way. Oh, right? I absolutely believe 120% believe that comedy is therapy. Mm -hmm. It is therapy. I've told friends of mine that have wanted to do stand up but haven't actually gone out to do it. I say even if you do it for the sake of the therapy aspect of it, go to an open mic. That way you're getting your feelings and your thoughts out there and then you can work on it during the week and figure out how you want to polish it. But open mics are great for for therapy. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Yeah. Cuz you they have to listen to your problems. Right, right. I mean, if you get nothing else out of it, at yeah. least you got therapy. Yeah, at least you got to tell people your deep, dark secrets. Yeah, I mean, it costs less than therapy. Yes. Oh, my God. Great point. Yeah, and you don't need health insurance. And you don't need health insurance. Yeah. And there's going to be other weirdos there. So if you want to feel accepted and like you have a family, do stand-up comedy. Or if you want to feel rejected and alone <laughs> after you just poured your heart out, do stand-up comedy. So you act as well, right? Yeah. I feel like stand-up makes us better actors. What are your thoughts? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I kind of feel like for me right now, becoming a better actor is helping me with my stand-up. Okay. And that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm taking the class right now. It's called the Imaginary Life um, Studios. It's like Stella Adler or? I, I don't know if it's a specific um, practice, but what they do do is they so you don't memorize lines they're very much against memorizing lines but it's all about imagery so before you can like think i need to memorize my lines really imagine this world and imagine who it is and how you feel and what you're wearing and the specifics of it and create this life and then you're not acting it's who you are so i'm not acting like a woman who was divorced i am a woman who's divorced and what did that feel like and what were the moments that happened so that kind of is helping me with my stand-up to be able to
be myself on stage mm-hmm. and go up there instead of me thinking, okay, now I'm, gonna, I'm sitting on my seat. When they call me, I'm going to go up there and get into a mode. I want to carry who I am right now as Julia up on stage. Just that's how I want to do it. And I feel like acting is helping me figure that out and how to do that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I mean, because I came from more of an acting background, um, like when I originally started stand up, like (laughs) it's like everything was just like an act out almost, you know, it was like all the punchlines were like less so how they were worded and just like an act out. You're just, that's so funny. (laughs) So, I mean, that worked for me, but after over time, I was like, I got to get, become a better writer. <laughs> because it's like that could just be such a scapegoat. Like, yeah. you know, like I'll just I'll just be the act out guy. I mean, but that's yeah. cool too, but you want to have like a little bit more versatility. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I have a lot of fun doing act outs and stuff and, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure your I'm sure your acting skills have definitely helped with stand up. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely made me feel more comfortable on stage than if I had just started out doing stand up without yeah. any acting experience. But, you know, when you first when you first start stand up, it was still kind of like um that feeling of, you know, it, you're supposed to be eliciting some kind of laugh, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, was acting, you know, the pr- that pressure is not there. Yeah. You're, you know, if it's a, if you do a bad acting job, you know, it's like you might have somebody critique you afterwards or like the director might give you an adjustment, Mm -hmm. but it's not like that feeling of like, Oh, that bombed, you know? Um, so, but it's good. That's, I think that's why it helps is because it, it it gives you that thick skin of like, yeah, because every comedian bombed at some point or another. And, uh, it just, it builds character. Absolutely. You know, obviously you don't want to. Nobody yeah, wants to. But. I know. I know. Yeah. I was thinking about that when I was driving over here, the difference between stand-up comedy and acting. And acting, yes, it's they're both very vulnerable and acting can be more of a vulnerable thing. But you can it, it's so different, yeah, because in, in comedy, stand-up comedy is real time. You're seeing it, it's just painful when they when the room is quiet and you don't get a laugh more so than an audition. You do an audition and you have no idea what they're thinking. You right. leave the room. But stand-up <laughs> comedy is just, it's just way more of that feeling. That would be like it, being an audition and the casting director is literally like, boo. Yes. Boo. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. Yeah. And I, it goes on for five <laughs> minutes or 10 minutes, however long your set is. That would be, I mean, that would be so sad and hard for actors if you're, directors literally heckled you that would be freaking hilarious too but people would get a lot better at acting because they would would. not want to fucking get heckled they probably would it's true i want to see a casting director throw tomatoes at their at the actor yeah that would be so (laughs) wild you suck yeah and i guess that's why stand-up makes you a better actor because like if you can i mean because i don't know what's better getting What's worse, getting heckled um, or dead silence at something you thought was funny? Like, I almost prefer a boo (laughs) because it's like, at least that's a fucking reaction. Like, I I can work with a boo, but the silence is like, I have to deal with that and then recover. Yes, I agree with you because you can hide behind the heckling, right? If someone's heckling you, you can hide behind that and laugh at them and then maybe do some banter back and forth. Right. But a silence, an uncomfortable silence. And you have to carry that silence through to the next joke or the next moment. And then are 
yeah, you, you know why? You know what it is? Why it's uncomfortable is because you don't, a person doesn't know where to go with it, right? You have the silence. Do you keep going with your joke? Do they love it? Do they hate it? But I think that's where we get to be the creator of it. We can embrace that inside that silence and make it work for us. Mm, that's and, a good point because that happens in acting too because it's like um, when you have the script and then you besides you get less than 24 hours often, right, to um, come in and bring it in. And um, it can be very easy to not want to sit in any silence because it's like actors get very caught up. And I remember those days when I'd be like, I kind of like memorize these lines or whatever and like feel like, oh, you know, and like I got, I got them down. And then you all of a sudden aren't sitting in the silence as much because it's like when you have that like calmness that it's like I got it, even if I don't memorize it, like it's like I can look at it on the page. Um, but just like settling in and reacting versus like, I know the next line I'm supposed to say. You said that. I say this. Right. And that's like the equivalent of like a comedian bombing and not acknowledging that he's bombing at all. Mm. Like, I'm just going to live in a vacuum up here and keep going. My plan. Yes. (laughs) Totally. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Being able to take the silence and use it and yeah, laugh at it or acknowledge it in whatever way. But there are times I think when you go on stage with the, with, a, a very structured set, whether the audience laughs or not, but that's solely for the purpose of getting a set out. It's almost like I've seen comedians do that where they're not looking for the audience laughter. They're going joke, 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 joke. Probably they're recording it or something. Um, but as far as being in the moment and being in the room and being able to to take that humiliation, yeah, I think it's good to acknowledge the silence and Decide if you want to keep going with it, keep going with your joke, turn around on the audience, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the power to do that as the comedian. It's it's a powerful position to be in for the power. moment, right? Yeah. It, it feels powerful. Yeah. Uh, and then you leave and then you have no power. And then you have no power. <laughs> yes. When you're on that stage, you own the room. When you get off, you're nothing. But now here you are with the mic. I know. And you have the power all over it. God, I love the power. Yeah. Who's got the power? That's why we do our shows, to gain power. Yeah. Over the, yeah. Is that what we're searching for? Uh, acknowledgement. Existence. Yeah. Acknowledgement. Yeah. Existence. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, I was talking to my uh, psychiatrist, or no, psychologist, cool. and she was like, everything you do, like every job you pick and stuff has like a a light side and a shadow side. Oh. And uh, she was like, for instance, why do I want to sit here and listen to people's trauma all day? And I was like, oh, shit. Damn. That's deep, you know? So I think. Yeah. yeah. What did she say? What was her answer? Well, she didn't really go that much into it. But yeah. I think she was just like food for thought, Adam. Like, I think she was just trying to let me know, like, yeah, you know, like doing those things, like stand up and acting, it's. It can come from a little bit of approval seeking, like the yeah. origin of it can be in there. But, you know, you try to grow as a person and yeah. maybe that reasoning becomes less and less of why you do it. And yeah. now it's just more like self-actualization, you know, because I'd imagine oh. you're a very vulnerable, sensitive person as well. And that's probably yeah. why you're really good at what you do and mm. why you can bring that to it, you yeah. know. Yeah, I think so. But I definitely still want approval. I'm not going to lie about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't we all yeah. in some form? It's just like, yeah. how acute is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Mm. Oh. 
sitting in the silence. Oh, man, I didn't want you to say something. I was going to see how long we could sit in the silence for. Yeah. No, that could be too long. It could be 20 minutes from now because right. I don't give up. People would be listening and be like, did, did it end? Did it end? <laughs> did, it, did it glitch? What, what happened? We could just have a staring contest. Let's do a podcast where we don't talk. <laughs> that would be so weird. That would be so boring. Yeah, that would be. Or just emotive sounds. Emotive. Reacting. Yeah. Like, huh. Oh, that's going to sound like sex. <laughs> Really boring sex. Really boring sex. Uh, 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 mm. uh, uh-huh. Mm. Uh, agreeing sex. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's like two librarians or something. Oh, like. oh, my God. Do they have boring sex librarians? I would. I mean, I hope they don't for I their know. own sake. But maybe they read a lot of books. So. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, so hopefully they have some imagination with it. Yeah, I mean, I like to imagine that they're kind of like the freaky librarian with the glasses and like the cleavage showing. It's not but, real. But yeah, it's like most of the time it's like. Yeah. It, you go. Mm-hmm. Go. No, you you just, uh, you know, like at the Los Angeles library, it's just oh. like, it's so gross feeling. And then they have those, like, oh. they wear those gloves. And then oh, feels, man, they're killing the vibe. Yeah, it doesn't Wearing feel good. Wearing gloves and masks and not having a sexy pair of glasses on and no half, cleavage and no cleavage killing the vibe dude yeah, exactly i don't even want to read books now <laughs> where's your porn no, <laughs> yeah that's a good question where's the porn in a library can you go in there like really loudly one day and just ask that question really loud where's your porn at i'm kidding that would there would be people utilizing that way too much. Oh God, I well, absolutely. <laughs> it would cause problems. I don't even want to know. Do people go into libraries? Like, do people read books? I don't. I honestly don't think they do. I know. How are they staying in business? Maybe they're a front. Libraries are a front. What are they doing in there all day? People aren't renting books. I just get books and I think about reading them. Me too. I'm like, I should. Doesn't it feel read good? It. I should. It feels good because it's. I'm telling myself I'm going to do it, and I feel yeah. like a smart person. Yeah. But then the book just fucking sits there. I have so many books for the sake of of the moral aspect of it, or the sake of the. Um, it makes me feel good. It's like they the books having these books makes me feel like smart, and they're like comforting and um, assuring to me. But I I don't read them. <laughs> what are you crazy? <laughs> I don't read the book. Just hold it. Just just feel the texture. Yeah, and I think about... Yeah, this is... The way I read books is I hold a book and I think about what's inside of it and I imagine what's inside of it and then I don't have to read it because I already did the work. I imagine yeah, it. Yeah, just like watch a YouTube video or something, right? About yeah. what the book's about. Yeah. And then you can tell people you read the book and then yeah. summarize it for them. You know what you should do? What? Or, yeah, you should do this. You should start a YouTube channel where you give brief synopsises uh, on books but totally make it up so then people that are reading it or watching you will repeat what you said and they're gonna look like idiots yeah and then they would hate on me so hard i used your advice oh yeah you could only keep that going for so long but maybe that's a joke that would be funny yeah you could do dinner party conversation um informational bits where if you're going to a dinner party and you want to know something interesting to talk about and you're not up to speed on any of these subjects you go to your page and you could talk about politics fashion 
and purposely give bad um bad answers that's my pitch for my show love it okay we're gonna make this show okay yeah okay. we're gonna look for funding okay what's the first episode gonna cost us two dollars wow that's that's pretty cheap yeah i'm jewish i do things on a budget <laughs> So where can people find you on Instagram? All that good stuff. Okay. My Instagram is my name. It's Julia underscore Bernstein. And um, very simple. And my bologna sandwich show is on my Instagram page. And it's also on YouTube. I have a link on my Instagram page that goes to YouTube. Currently, I have eight subscribers. So I'm freaking, I'm killing it. You're on the come up. My mom and I are of those subscribers. Nice. Um, and so that's what, that's that right there. Julia yeah. underscore Bernstein. Okay. All right, cool. And then if people see you in real life, uh, how should they approach you or like, what should they say so that they come off in like an endearing way and, and not like creepy or weird, creepy or they don't want to come off like an alien. Cause then you'll cut them. And... Yeah. I appreciate that question. No one asks that question and they don't ask it enough. How do I want to be? treated and respected um i want someone to come up to me and acknowledge me by saying excuse me young lady i couldn't help but notice you walk by and i thought i would come up and pay you some compliments and i'd like a few compliments on how i look my hair my clothes i want you to tell me that i'm beautiful and i would like you to wait a few seconds and then i'll talk to you and a hug is always good so once i offer out my hand a gesture as a queen does to a peasant, then they'll know they can give me a hug. Oh, so should they move the hand away in in like a endearing kind of way or should they slap it I away? I want to hug like a little kid seeing their parent for the first time after the war in Iraq. And they hug. Wow. The, yeah, just that big hug, like a little kid hug. And they don't want to let me go. And in fact, they don't let me go for, for five minutes. No, not five minutes. I want a hug that's so tight that I can't get out of. And then I want us to wrestle on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I want to be approached. Well, it's good that people know now. Yeah, it's yeah. simple. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that hard when you think about it. It's not. Right. Pay me compliments. Adore me. Squeeze the shit out of you. Yeah, and then we'll wrestle. To the ground. Yeah. And then we'll get up and we'll wipe our hands like nothing happened. And then we'll do a high five and then we'll keep walking. Perfect. <sighs> well, I look forward to seeing you at Flashback next time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye.